title of my message today is Be Strong and Courageous. And I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've gone back to Joshua chapter 1 and I've read those words because I just needed kind of an infusion of courage in my life. I just needed some strength of the Lord in this story that God used Joshua to send a very specific message. Um, God spoke to him and spoke to the people at a real crucial time for God's people. And so here's what's what I want you to do, I want you to take some notes today, and then I want you to tuck those notes away somewhere special, because this is what's going to most likely happen for you. We, I told you that Thanksgiving's sneaking up, right? It's early. And then we go to Advent and Christmas and Christmas Eve. Make sure you see our Christmas Eve schedule this year. It's in the bulletin. And then the holidays don't really end till like January 3rd-ish, maybe, Right? January 4th, and boom, 2018 is going to punch you in the face. You're going to be like, how did this new year get here? And, I, and you may feel that you're already behind and, and preparations or goals or dieting or whatever the case is. And, and so I want you to tuck these notes away because you may need to refer back to them. Because what's going to happen is often in a new calendar year, uh, you are... You, you encounter something unexpected or unwelcome that takes strength and courage. Now, some of you say, I don't need to wait till 2018. You're going to be dealing with something like this afternoon on the drive home to, from church. So we're all different places, right? We're a body. We're all different places and where we are. But I know this. It doesn't take like a special prophecy or prediction to tell you this sometime in the next few weeks a few months you're going to need the strength and courage of the lord why do we need strength and courage we need strength and courage because there's times when we feel weak and there's times when we feel afraid and so this is kind of a faith-filled motivational sermon that's going to help prevent fear from overtaking you mike and daphne read the scripture today and it says be strong and courageous here's the first way i want us to organize joshua chapter 1 1 through 9 and the first point and a change of leadership be strong and courageous in a change of leadership now if you've been around church a while no i know not all of you are new to church some of you may be checking out church but if you've ever been around church for a while you know when people start making this point pastors start making this point that means someone's about to leave right I mean, it's like, be strong and courageous because there's a change in leadership happening and it's kind of softening people for the blow. Well, I don't know of any staff members who are leaving. I guess that could happen. And I know this will be real disappointing to some of you guys, but I'm not, I don't plan on leaving and I have no plans to leave uh, unless the leadership board knows something I don't know. Uh, and in, in fact, I, I'm, I'm just trying to focus more uh, because I believe so much in the vision here. So it's a good time to talk about this uh, because there's no agenda behind this. But we know this in every area of life, in every arena in life that you're in, there's going to be leadership change. And, and sometimes we're ready for that. But we don't see that often that a change in leadership is a real challenge to our character. A change in leadership is a real challenge to who we are. I want to reread what we read together. Verse 1 and 2 says, After the death of Moses, I mean, Moses is the, he's the man, right? Moses was, uh, led God's people. 
out of Egypt and to the brink of the promised land. After the death of Moses, this transformational leader, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who had served Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I'm giving the Israelites. Guys, we don't like change. We don't like change. And I, I believe in the longevity of leadership. I believe that's an important leadership principle, but that's for another day, that's for another service. Because often uh, when God is orchestrating things, and in the business world, people understand this with change theory, that change at the right time, rightly placed, can be good. But we don't like it. Because change is threatening. I find it interesting that even when change is good, this is a, a chance for a lot of people to peel off the vision of what's happening. I mean, nine and a half years ago, I was leading this little church plant up, in, up at what is now Station Camp uh, Middle School. And we had the opportunity to come to this building and merge with a wonderful congregation here. And, and two struggling churches could become one strong church. And for the people I was leading, this was a chance to have our dreams come true and not have to do setup and tear down and put our energy more in gospel-focused type of ministry instead of just setting up and tearing down every week. Have this awesome children's space. Everything looked great on paper. So I thought that all of the people making this change would be just as thrilled as I was. But guess what most of those people did? Most of those people left. Took a couple of years, but there ain't many around from that original group anymore. Those, I know who you are, who are still here. And I thank God for you on a regular basis. It, it, it was instructed that even when change is good and beneficial, change is still hard on people. Because change is a form of death. And, and, and we say, well, the way things were won't be the same way again. So you get a new supervisor, you get a new boss, you get a new position, and even though you recognize that change is good, part of you will mourn that change. I've often noticed this, is that employees will complain and complain and complain and complain about their boss, and then as soon as that boss is replaced, they get scared to death. Because sometimes we really don't want the change we espouse for. We just like to talk about the change. Point I'm trying to make is this, is that there's a natural tendency for fear to come over when change occurs. And one of the things God wants you to see is that when change comes, because change will come for every single one of you, God as his people wants you to be strong in that change and he wants you to be courageous. He doesn't want you just to think that the worst is going to happen. If you serve a sovereign God, a God who's watching over your life, a God who cares about your welfare, every change has great potential. And so God wants us, God wants us to encounter change with courage and strength. Here's the second one. When you enter new territory. When you enter new territory, and we're going to, we're going to use this as metaphorical territory. Listen to what God told Joshua and the people. I have given you, this is verse 3, every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. 
Your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Here's a key part of this text. Here is the reason that we can be strong. Here's the reason that we can be courageous. Even when we feel weak, even when we feel fearful, God said, I will not leave you or forsake you. This is the promise of God for those who are scared today. This is the promise of God for those who are dealing with anxiousness about the future. This is the promise of God for those of you who fear. I cannot give words and promise you and predict when things are going to break through, how things are going to break through, when things are going to get more comfortable. I can't give you a timeline. I can't give you a way it's going to happen, but I can give you a person, a man who's not just a man, who's God himself, our great God who has a very distinct character, and his character says, no matter what you face, I'm with you. No matter what you go through, I'm sticking with you. This is a characteristic of God that he established with his people through the leadership of Joshua. And he says this because he's calling us to take new territory. And I want you to know this, is God wants you to progress. God wants you to take new territory. God doesn't want you to have a decade of just where time is moving sideways. Guys, you need to write down stuff you want to accomplish and then start getting busy. Start getting busy doing it. Start out with cleaning out your garage. Hey, we don't have to get too spiritual here. Vacuum out the car, right? Do some, that's taking new territory. I mean, there, there, there's, there's closets that haven't seen attention in decades, in years. Take new territory for God. It's amazing that uh, there's certain keystones in our life when the small things lead to the big things. I'm being a little facetious when I'm talking about chores and stuff like that. I'm kind of preaching to myself on the whole garage thing. Oh, man, I had that thing clean for a while because of a previous sermon. It's a disaster right now. <laughs> but that's how we clean the house. See, I clean the house really fast because everything, I don't know where to put it. I just put it in the garage, okay? We'll get to it another day. But, but the point is this, is that, that we're, we're people who God's calling to take new territory. And what happens is the enemy wants us to get into that, just that no man's land where we feel like we're walking around in the wilderness, walking around in circles, and God is saying it's time to be strong, it's time to be courageous, it's time to face that fear, it's time to overcome that tendency, it's time to get a good habit, to replace the bad habit, it's time to be about the Father's business. You know, I had, I had lunch with a, a friend of mine in recent years who, who, who I thought was just an incredible um, participant in our church, but he was getting ready to move. And, and to his own admission, you know, he said, hey, my wife has been so involved and, and I never really crossed over getting involved. And, and I want to apologize to you for that. He, he apologized to that. And I told him, I said, listen, don't worry about apologizing to me. I said, part of it is my fault. You know, I, I wish I had better leadership to call you in, to bring you in, to help you out or whatever the case is. But I said this, I said, I always thought we had more time. And he said, this, he said, 
you know what, I thought the same. He said, that's a lesson to learn with life. We always think there's more time. We're always going to have more time to hang out with our elderly parent. We always have more time to spend time with our nephew or nieces. We always have more time to go meet those neighbors. We always have more time to get going on that hobby. We always have more time to volunteer at the church. And then more time becomes one more year, one more decade. And before we know it, we've wasted a window of opportunity. Take new territory. God's called the church to take new territory. We are called as a people, as a group, to take new territory for God, to do something great for God. This is part of our calling. This happens in the New Testament also. Acts chapter 13 says, starting with verse 1, in the church that was at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius, Cyrenian, they they go on and name more names, a close friend of Herod. Verse 2, as they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them to. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they, look at this, sent them off. Sent them off. Verse 4, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, They came to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Arriving in Salamis, they proclaimed God's message in the Jewish synagogues. They took new ground. They went to new places. They did new things. That's why we're called as a church to take new ground. The things we are doing, we need to improve at them. The things we're not doing that God's calling us to do, we need to initiate. We need to start. We need to take new ground. We need to improve our 242 groups. We need to improve our children's ministry. We need to improve our youth ministry. Not because I'm criticizing anything that's happening. We need to improve our preaching, okay? I'll say it on me here. We need to improve every part because that's what God's called us to do. He's called us to take new territory for him. To do, and, and listen, we are more like God when we're creating. God is creating. He's a God of resurrection. He's a God that resurrects that which is dead, and he calls it back to life again. And he calls us to be creators, and he calls us to be people of resurrection. So everywhere we go, we're bringing more life. We're bringing more life. We're bringing more life to education. We're bringing more life to volunteerism. We're bringing more life to civic clubs. We're we're bringing life, and and if we're coaching soccer and we're coaching uh, softball or we're we're, uh, giving kids lessons in music, we do it all to the glory of God because we take new territory for God. This is what Jesus' people do. And so the Lord says, be strong, be courageous, take a risk. Don't be intimidated by that person who, who has looked down on you or who, who, who maybe has excluded you from participation. The Lord says, be strong and courageous because he's calling you to take new territory. He's calling you to go places you've never gone before, to meet people you've never met before, to engage in conversations you haven't had before. And this is who our God is. He helps us. Number three is this. We have to be strong and courageous in obedience to Scripture. All right? I was sounding a little bit like Tony Robbins there, so let me just bring it back home to the gospel, right? Thank you for laughing, Tracy. She's on staff, so she has to laugh. Thank you for doing that. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Above all, be strong and very courageous. Now, I like this part. It says be strong and courageous when you're taking new land, strong and courageous when you're changing leadership. But it says be strong and very courageous in the area of obedience and obedience to Scripture. And guys, we need to hear this this morning. To carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. 
so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You're to recite it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. The key to spiritual prosperity and success is obeying scripture and obeying the word. And obeying the word even when it's tough. And brothers and sisters, I'm calling you to be strong and courageous in future days in obedience to God's word. There's going to come a point in your walk with the Lord that obeying God's word may cost you something. Obeying God's word means you may have to overcome a fear. Obeying God's word means you may have to be courageous. Obeying God's word means you may have to be strong. But the Lord commands you, be strong and courageous, and do not depart from this instruction that Moses gave you, which is the Torah, Genesis through Deuteronomy, which extends to all of the scripture that we have today and we believe. Can I be honest with you that most of my life up to this point, obeying God's word has has brought me benefit. Well, it's always brought me spiritual benefit, but let me be more clear. Obeying God's word has brought me a level of social acceptance. These are the days I've lived in up to this point in my life. I was thinking about this story um, a little bit ago. I I was in seventh grade, and this was in 1987. My youth group came out with a Christian t-shirt. That sounds pretty common today, but that was revolutionary then, cutting edge. And, you know, Hard Rock Cafe was like the cool T-shirt to get. So our youth group was called Solid Rock Youth Ministries. And it had a gold diagonal cross that kind of glimmered. It was a pretty cool T-shirt. And our youth pastor said, wear it to school one day. And and I just thought that this, this, this was a great test of faith for me. I thought that wearing that T-shirt was my great stand for Christ. And if I didn't wear that T-shirt, I was rejecting the gospel with my very life. So I wore the T-shirt that day. And I had to really think it through. And I felt a little self-conscious about it. And, and I just was like, oh, man, this, this, is, this, this is tough, all right? So just, you know, it was in the spring, so I couldn't wear a jacket and, couldn't cover it up, so I just, just, just went for it. Just wore the T-shirt. I rolled up the sleeves, you know, because we used to wear them baggy on the side, rolled up the sleeves kind of thing. And that's before T-shirts were two sizes too small for everybody. <laughs> Lord, please bring back the baggy T-shirts. Please, Lord. So I'm wearing that T-shirt, and we were in English class, Miss Schaefer's class. There was a cheerleader there in seventh grade who up to that point had not really talked to me. But guys, she called me by name. (laughs) And she said, Aaron, cool t-shirt. Score, man. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. And all of a sudden, this t-shirt had prospered me immediately. And we became friends, and that all worked out pretty good. So here's the deal. Then after that, like through junior high, I was like, you know, started being an FCA leader. And so all through high school, I'm getting somewhere here. Yeah, there were some times where there was some social ostracism because I couldn't go places or do things or whatever. But there were often times when um, the fact that I was, I was living for Jesus brought me some popularity and acclaim. And you get to speak places and that kind of stuff. 
And so then I get to be this uh, pastor at a young age. I get my first pastor position uh, at age 19. I started preaching at this, this, this church on Sunday nights. Every third Sunday night I would preach. And all the grandparents just told me how good I was, you know. And then I get my first job. And then, uh, then I've, I've been in vocational ministry now for 21 years, 22 years. Coming closer to 23 now. And so I, I've been able to make a living uh, preaching the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for that. So, so pretty much serving the Lord has benefited me. So, so I have this guy in my life who for 20 years have been giving me kind of these words from the Lord. And they're, they're usually really, they're really good. He'll say, like, God's going to use you. And he, he, he's, he's just prayed some stuff over me that has, has kind of come through it as time has gone on. So whenever he now sends me an email, it's kind of like Christmas morning. It's like, oh, I get an email from this guy. What has God said? And I get excited to, to read it, you know, because it's usually like God's going to use you and you're awesome and he's opening doors and it's, cool stuff is going to happen. And he's placed you where you're supposed to be. Well, in the last year, here's one of those emails. I opened it up and I'm so excited to hear what God is saying. This is what, it, what this individual wrote. Days are coming when your preaching will not be accepted and that people will walk out on you in protest. Uh, I think I'll close that email real quick. <laughs> He's not always right, that guy, right? He's not always right. Now, you know, that's happened before. I've had, I've had people walk out of here a, a lot over the years. Or occasionally is a more accurate way to put it. But I'll tell you this is that, that I'll just tell you where I am with this, is I really like the affirmation I get from you guys. And I've lived a life in the American South where um, standing up for Scripture has actually given me popularity. So what's going to happen when, like Jeremiah who gave the word of the Lord and got his butt kicked. Go read Jeremiah. He got beat up. So, I don't know. Where are we on that? This is what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Proclaim the message. Persist in it, whether convenient or not. Rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and teaching. And I want you to be prepared because the Lord says, be strong and courageous. And I found this that in our spiritual walk, a lot of times when we start, first start making decisions for God, we start getting kind of this blessing of God and this favor of God. And, and, and it's kind of this arrangement the Lord has with us where he, where he, he, he lets us see immediate fruit. That, that often does happen. I've seen that. We start seeing immediate fruit. But then there becomes a maturation where maybe the Lord says, maybe you need to pay a little bit for standing up for me. Maybe there needs to be a cost. Maybe there needs to be a sacrifice because a cost and a sacrifice puts you in the company of the prophets and it gives you the fellowship of the sufferings and we move deeper with Jesus. What kind of faith do we have if it's just an easy, convenient, always beneficial faith? It's not really faith then, is it? So we've, the word prepares us. And the Lord says, to you today, be strong, courageous, and be careful to obey this scripture. Be careful to obey this scripture. Here's the last thing I want to say. 
Be strong and courageous when fear and discouragement comes. Now here's the key part of this phrase. I know the blanks say fear and discouragement, but the key part is the word when. Because guys, if we're honest, every single human being gets afraid and every human being becomes discouraged. Every single one of them. We used to always talk about Mother Teresa as this, and she is a great example, giving her life to the slums of Calcutta. And then after her death, we learned from her, her journals that there were very, very many dark nights of her soul. There are fear, there's our discouragement. But the Lord has an answer to fear, and he has an answer to discouragement, and that answer is him. No doubt there are practical things and practical tools that we use and I use, and I'd love to talk to you about those sometime. But the Lord wants us to look at a broader theme that when we're walking in fear and we're walking in discouragement, that we realize that because of him, we don't have to stay there. Look at what he said in verse 9. Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Now, if that verse ended right there, that would be a very disheartening verse. Because I know you don't want to be discouraged. You don't want to be fearful. But look at the rest of the scripture. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, that's a relationship with God. The Lord is with you wherever you go. He's with you wherever he takes you, even if it's in an unpreferred location. The Lord is with you even when you experience some social ostracism. The the Lord is with you even when it costs you financially, temporarily. God is with you in every situation. Here's the mission of the church. Mission of the church is found in Matthew 28 and 19. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. Again, that that is a a task that is unattainable without God. And he says this, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm always with you. I'm going to ask our ushers to begin to position themselves for us to take the Lord's table today. John 14, 27, these are the words of Jesus. These scriptures are so valuable to us today. Jesus spoke these words and he's speaking them over you today. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. Guys, listen, I know these notes, I know these scriptures are speaking to you right now. I can feel it. I can see it on your faces. But I also also want you to keep this outline. Put it somewhere. Don't lose it. Don't lose it because there's going to come a time when fear is going to flood, where discouragement is going to flood. And you have to go back and say, I have a God who said he's going to be with me with every, every place my feet go. Every place I go, when I'm in relationship with God, he's going to be with me. That I don't have to fear the future. Even though I feel afraid right now, my God is still with me. Even though I feel discouraged right now, my God is still with me. Even though I feel alone right now, my God is still with me. Even though I feel misunderstood right now, my God is still with me. In this world, this world cannot find peace. This world cannot find peace on a global scale as much as we've progressed. 
and, and, and our thought patterns, we still are in position to destroy one another in ways like never before. The world is fragile geo, in a geopolitical sense. We're on the verge of war at any moment. And then we cannot find peace within ourselves and the way we live our lives. And so now we begin to see many things that are hidden under the surface. And I know this is painful for some of you, but there is a, a sexual abuse that's being, been hidden and it's been under the surface. And the Lord is bringing it to the surface because people are taking advantage of other people because they don't have peace in their life. Guys, this, we don't realize there's, there's a shift going on right now. There's a monumental shift. We have, and all of us in this room have done this to some degree, we have entertained ourselves on violence and sexual promiscuity, and we've, we've, we have tolerated that in our life. And then we wonder why we are abusers, and we wonder why there's violence. We wonder, and the Lord is now, because the church hasn't wakened up to this, now the world's beginning to wake up, and the world is beginning to have morals and stand for morals and say, abuse should not happen. A person's body is their own, and you should not take advantage of a person's body. Violent, violent crime, violent crime comes from the evil within. And so the Lord is saying, the Lord is saying to us, come on, the Lord is saying that, that, He's calling us to a deeper place. He's calling us to a deeper place in him. And he's calling us not to be people of fear and discouragement when his presence is there to replace that. I want us to pray together. Father, we come to you right now in the powerful name of Jesus. And God, I just begin to pray. I pray for the strength of the Lord to come. I want you to just begin to receive the strength of the Lord today. I want you to begin to receive the strength of the Lord today. I want you to begin to just receive that right now. Some of you may just want to open your palms right where you're standing, right now, sitting. You're sitting right now, but just open your palms. Right, just receive the strength of the Lord. The Lord wants to replace the weakness with His strength. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for that. One of the things that we're going to do in a couple of minutes when we take the bread and the cup. This is symbolic bread, a symbolic cup, but we believe there's power, the resurrection power, and the strength of the Lord is going to be in those elements. If you believe by faith, Father, we receive that. Father, I know there's those discouraged today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would, you, would, you would just send your presence to encourage, to bring courage to the heart. You know what it means to be discouraged? It means to lack courage. That's what happens. We lack courage. But when we're in courage, God begins to infuse courage back into us. The Lord says you are a courageous person. The Lord says you are the, that person who takes new territory for him. The Lord says don't shrink back. I am with you. Don't, don't shrink back from the things that I've called you to. Step back into the things that I've called you to. Go forward in me. The Lord says I am with you. I am with you. In every situation, I'm with you even in your own insecurities. The Lord's going to be your security. So, Father, we thank you for that, an infusion of life, an infusion of your spirit. So, Lord, we come to you this day and we dedicate this time to you, this time of reflection. Here